0: So come on, if you have your Bible, grab your Bible, and we're going to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, we're going to begin at verse number 28. If you have a Bible, can you hold your Bible in the air and just wave it like you really do care? And if Jesus Christ is in your life, everybody say... There you go, there you go, there you go, there you go, there you go. If you have an iPad, if you have an iPad, can you just hold up your iPad and come on, just check out my iPad with me or your iPhone and you got it and you got it. If you got it, if you have an Android device, we're praying for you. We're believing God's best for you. We're hoping that you would get your life together. I believe this is an apostolic ministry in the name of Jesus. We're going to read Luke chapter 19, verse number 28. Y'all ready? Let's go. It says, after Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tie there which no one has ever ridden untie it and bring it here if anyone asks you why are you untying it say the Lord needs it those who were sent ahead went and followed it and just as he had uh, uh, told them they found it just as he had told them as they were untying the coat his owners asked them why are you untying this coat they replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their, clo- their cloaks on the coat and put Jesus on it. And he went along. People spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God and loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace and heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, please tell your disciples, rebuke them. Tell them be quiet. He said, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The title of my message is, allow me to reintroduce myself. I need you to find somebody you know. Find somebody that you know, that you met before. I need you to point to them. Come on, point to them. Point to him. point to him. point to them. Say, hey neighbor, I know we've met before, but allow me to reintroduce myself. <laughs> Father, I thank you so much for all you're getting ready to do in this place. Open up our eyes and our ears that we may receive a word from you that will change our lives forevermore. May your voice be so much louder than mine. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen, 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 amen. Allow me to reintroduce myself. Y'all, a few years ago, I made the mistake. Yes, the mistake, BWI Flowers. I made the mistake of flying first class for the first time. And I didn't do it on purpose. What happened was uh, they messed up on my flight. And to make up for the flight they messed up on, they offered me a first class ticket for the next flight. Now, I should have said no, but I was so excited. I said yes, and when I got onto the plane and I sat in first class, y'all, my life changed in a moment's time. I, I couldn't believe the, the leg room that I had. It was so amazing. They, they brought me a soda. and They didn't bring me just a little, little, little sip soda. They brought me the whole can. And next to the can was a glass. And the glass had, had, had cubed ice in it. It was so amazing. They brought me my food. Oh, UBC. When they brought me the food, it was on a real plate. They gave me real silverware, and I was cutting. It was hot. I don't know how they did it, but I never had hot food on a plane. I, I said, this is amazing. When, when there was a moment where they didn't give me no wet nap. They gave me a towel. It was hot, and they put it in my hand. It was so good. I, I put it in my face, in it. And I just said, oh, look. This, this, is, this is Refreshing. I, I, I laid down and, and they gave me one of those things for your eyes, them, them bed glasses. I don't know what you call it. The, they put it over your eyes for you to make you sleep. You know, I said, I've never done this. Look like the macho man. I said, this is amazing. When I lay back in the chair, the attendee came with a warm blanket, just put it right over me. I said, good God, this is just amazing. You might be sitting there saying, why you call that a mistake? The reason why it was a mistake is because on my next flight I had to go back to coach and I was disgusted with my life. I I questioned my existence. The seats were so tight and tiny and I asked, I said, can I get some food? She she threw a, a little pretzel bag just here, pop, hit me in the face and said, Can I get a towel? She said, bathroom, napkins. Just go on ahead, get what you need. I couldn't believe it. I just, it was so horrible. And I realized in that moment, it is bad when you've experienced something good. And then you go back to something bad after you had something so good. This is what's happening to many of us as we're going through this series of living on purpose. Once you've tasted purpose, Once you've experienced what purpose feels like, it changes you. Purpose changes how you date. Purpose changes how you deal with your money. Purpose changes how you deal with your marriage. Purpose even changes how you worship. You worship with a new perspective. You worship with a new mindset. And when you've experienced purpose, it is hard to go back to that aimless, meaningless directionless type of life, when you've experienced purpose, it's hard to date dummies again. My palate has changed. I used to like you, but now you're not doing it no more. When you've experienced purpose, it's hard to just throw your money in the air in a club and just watch it go. No, that purpose changed me. When you live on purpose, it's hard to come in here and not lift your hands and not want to worship and not open up your mouth because purpose has a way of changing who you are. Here is the deal. A life lived on purpose is a better life, period. A life lived on purpose is a better life, period. Come on, you say the period. A life lived on purpose is a better life. Period. That's it. No argument. So you might be saying, Flowers, hey, pastor, if that's the case and purpose is a better life, then how come everybody's not living on purpose? How come everybody's not jumping into purpose? How come we're not having purpose parties? How come we're not just going crazy with purpose? Here's why many people aren't living on purpose. Because everything about purpose isn't glamorous. Purpose isn't always popular. Purpose isn't always attractive. Purpose isn't always fancy. And many times we have the propensity to be attracted to a thing because of the glamorous side and totally miss it when we see it from the unglamorous side. When we think marriage, we think honeymoon, yeah. romance, vacation. But then when it gets introduced to us and it shows up in communication and dishes and saying, I'm sorry, we say, oh, I missed this one. I don't think this is it. When we think wealth, we think houses and cars, it's going to be amazing, it's going to be great. But then when wealth shows up and it looks like a budget, we say, what is wealth doing in budgets closed? I think I missed it. When we think having kids, we think it gonna be so cuddly and so bubbly and so cute, and we just thinking family pictures and wait till they see this. But then when it shows up in diapers, crying at two in the morning, when it shows up making a mess everywhere, we say I don't think this is purpose. I think I missed it. When we think purpose, we think going viral going to be big. Everybody's going to know my name. And then when purpose shows up in pain's clothing, we say, I think we missed it. Because purpose shows up looking like sacrifice, looking like making hard decisions. And oftentimes we miss out on purpose because it doesn't show up the way we thought it would. I, I love being a part of Union, and one of the things that happened, because we have people watch all over the world, and so, and that, that's, that's literally so true, and what happens is people recognize me sometimes, you know, in the airport from the grocery store, and I love meeting Union people when outside of Union. It's so cool, and usually when people see me in the airport, they always look at me with a squint, and, and you know, I'm watching them, and they're looking at me, and, and they're like, "Don't I know you?" And I'm like, "No, no, no. You don't. You don't know me. You don't be humble. <laughs> you don't know me." And then they'd be like, "Yeah, aren't you Pastor Bryant from from Union Church?" And you know, I'd be like, <laughs> "You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> it is I." <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Pastor Brian from Union Church. Do, do you watch? And they say, Yeah, yeah. They say, Oh, oh! I almost didn't recognize you. You look so much taller on stage. I'd be like, what, you, what, you, what you? In, in my mind, you know what I'm saying. See, in my mouth, I'd be like, Oh, oh! God bless you. Thank you for that, you know. But in but in my mind, I'd be like, Well, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Brian. I say, be I to the A. You know what I'm saying? I just like They literally almost walk past me because I don't look like what they expected. And many times we miss out on purpose. Because when we see purpose, we look at purpose with a squint. We, we say, purpose, is, is that you? Is Purpose, is that you? And purpose is like, yeah, it's me. He said, oh, I thought you'd be taller than this. I, I thought you have more zeros behind you than this. I thought there'd be more cars attached to this. I thought there'd be a bigger bank account next to this. I thought there would be a husband that came along with you. I didn't realize it was you. And purpose is like, allow me to reintroduce myself. Is it possible that we missed purpose because it didn't come in glamorous clothing? Let's bring it here. Is it possible that we missed out on purpose because it came riding in on a donkey and not a white horse? Let's go to the text. The text says Jesus is riding in on a donkey. Now, don't get it twisted. There are people out there praising and worshiping God, and they're saying this is amazing. They are pulling palms and throwing palms before him. Palms represents victory and triumph. But don't get it twisted. While they're out there praising, all of them are questioning in their mind, is this really the Messiah? This can't be the one Zechariah talked about. Is this the one Isaiah told us about? Jeremiah, wait. This is who the law and the prophets were pointing to. Him. They thought so little of Jesus. Let me show you how much how little they thought of Jesus. They're in the public square saying, "King, King, Hosanna." Do you realize that the Roman soldiers had they heard in that day that somebody was building a kingdom and being called king? they would arrest you and kill you. But scholars believe that the reason why nobody touched Jesus was when the Roman soldiers heard King, they looked out and said, who, him? Ah, I ain't worried about him. Many people are saying, is this the Messiah? Think about it, the one you prayed about, the one you've been waiting on, the one we've been prophesying about shows up And he's here and we miss him because he doesn't look like what we expected. I came to preach to some people who've been feeling left out and ignored because your purpose don't look like you thought it was going to look. Do not miss out on what God is doing in this season of your life because it doesn't look as glamorous as you thought it was supposed to look. I want to preach to every single mother who wakes up every morning to take care of your babies. Even though the baby daddy don't want nothing to do with this, I came to preach to you and tell you you are walking in your purpose and God's hand is on your life. I came to preach to every man in the room who wakes up every single morning, works two or three jobs because you're providing for your family and nobody gives you a hand clap, nobody says you are great, but God says this morning you are walking and your purpose and my hand is on your life I came to preach to every teenager who made a commitment in your heart that I'm living for Jesus regardless of what my friends have to say regardless of what they think I came to tell you that you are walking in purpose and God has his hand on your life matter of fact can we take a 30 second praise break real quick pastor why are we praising I'm praising because even though I haven't gone viral yet even though I don't got a man yet even though I don't got a Wife, yet even though I don't got the house yet, I'm walking in my purpose, and God's hand is on my life. Can I get somebody in the room to say, I'm gonna praise you because your hand's still touching me? I'm praising you because your presence is still on me. I'm praising you because I'm walking in your favor. Be careful. When you just keep looking for the big white horse and miss Jesus coming in on a donkey. Be careful when you're so busy looking for big that you miss the small that God's getting ready to blow up in your life. Come on, BWI, let's lean in right here. UBC, come on. Let's talk about this then. Let's answer this question. How then do I walk in purpose even when it's not glamorous? How do I walk in purpose even when it's not glamorous. I'm going to pull three truths from the story of Jesus to talk about how we do this. Number one, if you're going to stay in purpose, even when it's not glamorous, to stay in purpose, you're going to have to put assignment over appearance. You're going to have to put assignment over appearance. Jesus knows this looks strange. If you're a king, where's your kingdom? If you're a king, where's your chariots? If you're a king, where's the elephant? Where's the the trumpets? And where's the people? Why are you riding in on a donkey? Jesus is saying, number one, I'm riding on a donkey to fulfill prophecy. And he's also saying, the reason why I'm riding in on a donkey, because I don't care about looking good for y'all. I'm not trying to impress the onlookers. I'm trying to identify with the lowly, broken people I came to save. And y'all keep looking for me up there. Y'all don't know I came down here because there's some people down here that I came to deliver and minister to. And Jesus is saying, I came in on a donkey because there's some people I'm trying to identify with who don't want to know that I'm way up here. I need to let them know God can come down here and meet you right where you are. When you are a person who says assignment over appearance, what you are saying is I'm choosing Assignment, which means I'm not just going to look good, I'm going to be good. I'm not just going to look healthy, I'm going to be healthy. I'm not just going to look like a Christian, I'm going to be a Christian. Picking assignment literally means I'm not going out this weekend. I'm going to get in them books and I'm going to study, that's it. I don't care about how it looks, I'm on assignment. Assignment says, hey, look, I'm not sleeping in today. I'm waking up and spending my time with God. Me and God are going to have that one-on-one time. Why? Because I'm not here for appearance. I'm on assignment. Assignment literally says, hey, I'm going to read to these kids. Look at somebody say he's talking to you, not me. You should wake up and pay attention. I'm going to read to these kids. Everything in me wants to watch Netflix, but I'm going to read to these kids. I got to get in. Why? Because I'm on assignment, not Appearance. And when you're on assignment, you have to be willing to do stuff that don't look great. When me and my wife got married, uh, BWH, when we got married, we came in our relationship with debt, 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 debt. <laughs> now, I'm not going to tell you who had more debt <laughs> than the other, but one of us. Have more debt than the other person. <laughs> Something wrong <with> my neck. <laughs> we had eighty thousand dollars of debt, fifty thousand dollars on student loans, twenty thousand dollars on cars, ten thousand dollars on credit cards. Now, if you've done premarital with me at Union Church, you know that there's no such thing as your debt, my debt. It's our debt. So we, we, our debt was $80,000. We had, uh, got you know, Financial Peace University, that's a group jump in it. We read Dave Ramsey, did Total Money Makeover. We was like, boom, we're going to pay off this debt. Let's go. We were charged up. Gazelle intensity. We were crazy. And when we went and did a budget, when we found out was that the majority of our money was going to fast food. Hundreds of dollars. Fast food, when I go to a fast food restaurant, I take everything. I'm like, give me more sauce, give me nuggets. I paid for all of this 10 times over. Give me everything. <laughs> so we had to make a decision. If we're gonna get out of debt, okay, we gotta get on assignment, not appearance. No more fast food. So we started making our lunch. We, we, we put the lunch in a brown paper bag. I'm on assignment getting out of debt. Little did I know that the appearance was not that good. When I'd walk into work with a brown paper bag, all my coworkers would come out of the office and say, what are you doing? You are a grown man. Why are you walking around with a baby's bag? And I said, that's my lunch. I'm I'm trying to get out of debt. And they say, yeah, but it don't look cool. Every day we sit down at the table together and they will order Chinese food, big salads and deli sandwiches. And they all sit down and I bring my little brown bag. And I would just feel so embarrassed. They'd be like, get that bag out of here. They used to call me the UPS. UPS man coming in with a brown paper bag. We went crazy two years, took us two years. We paid off $80,000 of debt. And to this day, we are debt free. We don't owe no man, no thing, nowhere. When I came to office and we said, man, we got out of debt, we did it. We did this whole thing on Facebook, a week later, Co-workers started walking in with a little brown bag, like, ah, because they realize appearance may look good, but assignment gets results. And many of you are ashamed of your assignment and are trying to go to appearance, not realizing if you get in your assignment, More people are watching you than you think. Can I show you this? Let me show you this. Uh, uh, Go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. This is God talking to Samuel because he told Samuel to anoint one of Jesse's sons. The first son that walked in looked so good. Samuel said, it has to be you. Here's what God's response. The Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height. I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You know what happened? That same dude that had the appearance, when Goliath showed up, the oldest son was somewhere hiding, and the one that they didn't pick was saying, where's the giant at? Why? Because appearance always looks good until a fight shows up. And then when a fight shows up, the people who are on assignment don't run from the fight. People who are on assignment run to the fight. And I came to preach to somebody and say, "Today you are on assignment, and because you are on assignment, don't worry about how it looks. God says you're the one I picked." And I feel bad because there's some people in the room who broke up with assignment, so they can start dating appearance. And then you married a parent. And when the fight came, a parent said, I'm out. And you went back to assignment and said, Where you at? (laughs) So you got to make sure that you're on assignment. Number two, if you're going to stay in purpose even when it's not glamorous, you got to put discipline over distraction. Discipline over distraction. When you put discipline over distraction, recognize that in this moment, Jesus is hearing them say, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. I see you, Baltimore County. I see you, Flowers. They're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. But realize they're not all praising him for the same reason. Many of them are praising him because they're saying, all right, Jesus, it's time for revolt. Overthrow this government and give us control. Jesus knows that their idea of Messiah was that our kingdom is on earth and that you're going to come here and wreck these people and we are now going to have titles and positions and it's going to be us. But Jesus is so focused, he's so disciplined that he's saying, I'm not going to be distracted by what y'all want me to fight. I didn't come to overthrow this army. I came to overthrow Satan's army. I didn't come here to defeat the government. I came here to defeat sin and death. And you're not gonna distract me with all this praise because I'm so focused on my assignment and on my purpose. And many times we don't stay in purpose because we don't have the discipline to say no to distractions. Sometimes we miss out on purpose cause we don't have the discipline to say no to things that have nothing to do with our purpose. And it's a difficult situation. It's it's a difficult moment. Discipline says, I've got to work on this marriage. This marriage is not where it needs to be. This marriage has got to get better. And I'm not moving or not budging until this marriage gets better. Distraction says, you know what? I I don't care about this marriage. It's going to fix itself. Let me go make this money. I'll get to the marriage later. Discipline says, I'm paying off these student loans i sick of Sally Mae being at my table every night. I'm sick of every time I get some money, Sally Mae got the handout saying, Where you at? We haven't talked in a while. You've changed your number. I found the new number. Here I am. You changed your address. I found you. Distraction says, I'm not going to worry about student loans. I'm just going to put my money in every get-rich scheme, every get-rich scheme I can possibly find. And the loans will just take care of itself. Discipline says he just slapped me. In front of everybody. I hear you laughing, BWI. Discipline says I just got slapped. But I'm going to stay on purpose. I'm going to stay in my assignment. I'm going to stay. I'm going to focus in on what I'm called to do. Distraction say you slap me, I'm about to slap you. I'm about to slap him. I'm about to slap her and ruin everybody's future. <laughs> you got to get to a place where you can say, nope, I have the discipline for my purpose. And I'm not letting distraction get in the way. Do you know why people let distraction get in the way? Because we don't find the value. We don't value the discipline enough. We find more value in the distraction than we do in the discipline. Let me give you an example with this. I I have a, a, a wealthy friend. One of my friends is wealthy. Everybody, every person, you should have one friend. That got some real money. I'm just letting you know right now, I'm not ashamed of my game. I got one friend, he's really a mentor and he's wealthy. And he invited me to a dinner. He said, hey, man, I want to take you to dinner. You're just doing so good, man. I, I'm seeing your growth. Man, come hang out with a few of us. i love to, to just, just, man, bless you. And I said, cool. I show up to a nice restaurant, show up to dinner. When I get to the dinner, he had something in his hand, and he tossed it to me. He said, hey, man, I just want to bless you with a gift. He handed it to me. When I caught the gift, it was a, it was a money clip with some money in it. I saw the money and said, oh, I literally pulled out the money. I threw the clip. I said, 100, 200, 300, 400. He gave me $1,000. I was like, man, you gave me $1,000? You're my man. Everybody at the table is looking at me like, you're an idiot. I said, what's wrong? They said the gift wasn't the money, the gift was the clip. They said the money is worth a thousand dollars, but that clip is worth tens of thousands of dollars. I got so distracted with the money that I threw away the thing that was the most valuable. And so many of us, we're getting so distracted with all types of stuff that we're distracted with people and throwing out our purpose. And many of you have lost your money clip because you found more value in something that didn't really matter. But today is the day. I need you to pray this prayer. God, help me to see the things that you see. Come on. I need everybody praying that prayer. God, change my eyes. I don't want to be distracted by stuff that's not in my purpose. God, have me locked in to everything you have for my life. Proverbs 4:25 says, "Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you." Can I ask you a question? Where are your eyes? Where are your eyes? What are you currently looking at? Are you looking at gas prices? Are you looking at who left? Are you looking at who walked out? Are you looking at what's wrong? Or are you like Jesus say, I have an assignment and I'm locked into my purpose? All right, point number three, last one is this. If you're going to stay in purpose, you have to put obedience over opinion. You have to put obedience over opinion. This is the first time Jesus ever lets anyone publicly acknowledge that he's king and Messiah. Before this moment, anytime, time, even when a demon said, I know who you are, he said, be quiet. When he did a miracle, he said, don't tell nobody who I am. This is the first time that Jesus publicly says, yep, call me king. Yep, call me Messiah. Why did Jesus not let them acknowledge who he was before? Because the father didn't give him permission to. Why is Jesus letting them acknowledge who he is now? Because the father says it's okay. Because Jesus says whether or not y'all like me or don't like me, I'm following obedience, not your opinion. I'm not getting hyped when y'all call me king. And I'm not getting depressed when you call me a clown. Because I'm just being obedient to whatever my father shows me. Can I show you how little Jesus thought of what people's opinion was? Can I show you how little he thought of this? You go to play. Here we go. Luke 19, verse 40. The the people, y'all watch this. I love this. This is not our part right here. They're literally saying to Jesus tell the people to stop praising. Tell the people to stop crying out. Jesus says this. He says, if they don't praise me, the stones will cry out. You know what the stones is? You can play, y'all. You know what the stones is? When he said this, they were saying, what can a stone say about you? And I know Jesus is thinking, well, it depends which stone it is. If it's the stone that was used to build the temple, the stone that was used to build the temple would cry out, He's a builder the stone that the tablets the the law was written on would cry out that he is the Messiah the stone that Moses hit in the wilderness that poured out water would cry out he's a provider the stone that David used to knock down Goliath would cry out that he is all powerful the stone that the demoniac man was using to cut himself in the tombs would cry out he's the healer the stone that was rolled away when Jesus got out of a grave would cry out that he is the resurrection and the life. What Jesus was saying is I don't need the opinions of people. My God is so good that if nobody got an opinion of me, he'll make a stone cry out. And I came to preach to somebody in this room who been living under the opinions of other people. I came to tell you don't live under their opinion. God will make an email cry out. God will make a song go viral. God will make a post get into the right person's hand. God will make a book go into every shelf in this country. Is there anybody in the room that can say, I don't need y'all opinion because God got a stone somewhere that will cry out on my behalf. You are not subject to the opinions of people. You are on purpose. And when you are on purpose, God says, I'll fight that battle. When you are on purpose, God says, I'll show up. When you are on purpose, God says, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Hove. I am the God of all gods. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am the great I am. I am the king of kings. God says, get on purpose and watch me destroy every enemy. Get on purpose, watch me open up a door. Get on purpose, watch me create an opportunity. Y'all, it's our season to get on purpose. And when we get on purpose, God's going to change everything. Come on, can you just bow your heads right where you are? It's a new season. And it's a new day. Fresh anointing. It's flowing my way. It's a season of power and prosperity. It's a new season. Come to me. Whoa. See, it's a new season. It's a new Flowing, flowing, flowing my way It's the season of power and prosperity It is my season and it's coming to me Come on, come on, come on, I need you to open up your hands. Father, I pray right now, just right there in your seat. God, I pray that every person in this room would walk into a new season of purpose. God, we don't even know who we really are. Reintroduce us to ourselves by opening up a way of purpose come on open up your hands BWI I'm praying for every person at BWI I'm praying for every person at Flowers right now I'm praying for every campus come on Baltimore County we're praying that as we enter this new season of life that God we're walking in purpose on purpose and I pray God that the greatest purpose we could ever walk in is the purpose of knowing you as our Lord and Savior so right now I need every person to pray this prayer with me come on say Father thank you for loving me thank you for sending your son the Lord Jesus Christ to die for me. I give my life to you. Come into my heart, save me now. I am yours and you are mine. I believe you are alive and I belong to you. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. Come on, I need everybody. Come on, I need everybody in the room. Come on, I need everybody in the room. Come on, if you know you're walking on purpose, if you made the decision for Jesus to be your Lord, if you know that it's a new season for your life, I need you to open up your mouth while you clap your hands. And say, God, thank you, thank you, thank you.